Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you here today. Welcome. We survived the uh, snowcopolis, or whatever they call that, the, the big snowstorm. That was good. Did you enjoy the snow? Was that fun? Yeah. I love the South. We get it once. That's it. Done. Moving on. All right. Well, look, we're in a series. We're finishing this series up. It's called Building Successful Relationships. And it's the title of the name of a book that we've been going through together. And uh, you can get a hold of that book. It's by my pastor, Michael Fletcher. And uh, it's one we've used off and on throughout really for the last several years as far as helping us just kind of build relationships here in the church. Just help us along. You know, Jesus said, look, there's two things you need to focus on as believers. One, to love others like you love yourself. And to love Jesus, love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And so what we're doing in building successful relationships is obviously we're going deeper on that first one. How do we love people? And how do we love people in such a way as it brings greater impact into their lives and, 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 and as a result impacts our life as well? See, that's the premise that Michael begins with in his book is that all relationships, I mean, we all have them. And how we relate to people, the, the success or failure of those relationships really impacts our life. So we're talking about all the relationships we can have in our, in our marriage. We can talk about relationship with our children, our family members, coworkers, acquaintances, and, and whatnot. So one of the things I've been really wanting to caution us is to say, look, when you learn these kind of truths, the, thing of, the real temptation is to go back and look at it and try to apply them retroactively to say, in other words, to say, gosh... I wish I knew then what I know now. But you know what? We can't go back. There's no way back machine. And of course, there are relationships we can go and repair if they're still in our lives. But this is more about how do we move forward? How do we just learn to be better lovers of people and, and, and build these relationships? We're talking about building. We're talking about moving forward. And so that's what this is all about. So in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says this. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life, or in other translations, the wellspring of life. Protecting our heart, standing guard over our heart, is so critically important. Solomon makes it a point to share that with his sons, to say, guys, guard your hearts, because out of it, what is going on inside us, our heart is really so going to impact how we live, how we, where the peace and the joy flow out of. So whenever we have a broken relationship, man, it, it affects us deeply. When we have good, healthy relationships, it brings great joy to our life. It, it is the doorway by which God has called us to really interact with one another. And so many things that we have as gifts to give to one another, if, if we'll understand it. So that one principle of guarding the heart, knowing what's coming in, and how to learn to, to be a lover of people is so critically important to bringing us a greater joy and peace. So Pastor Michael talked about in his book the seven different applications of that one truth. And so I'm going to just go over those real quickly for the sake of time. And if you've missed any of these, you can always go back. We archive all of our messages. So it says uh, what we have covered is love, faith, interest, respect, time, and availability. We didn't really spend as much time on that. But today we're going to talk about communication. We're going to talk about communication. And, you know, what I've learned about Communication is that one, the most important truth that regarding communication, regarding talking, is this thing. Now, hang in. You can write this down. You got to do it. That's the most profound truth. You got to do it. Now, how do we do it? And can communication be a great way to enhance our relationships? Absolutely. 
But we're going to get into that a little deep today, so hang with me. But let's start with a couple of scriptures that really kind of help us direct our attention when we're talking about communication, the connections with people. Let's, let's look at it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, it says, all you need to say is yes or no, and anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So we've learned about our language. We've done a series on this before, talking about the power of our speech, that a lot of times, you know, sometimes we speak too much. We say more than we need to say. And so the Bible, here's Jesus himself saying, look, you know, consider your words and really you need to boil them down to your response being yes or no, you know, and anything else, promises, promises kept, promises made that weren't kept, all the different things that we can say can get us into trouble. And we all know that. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29, it says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that they may benefit those who listen. So building up talks about edification. And he says that our words have power. Proverbs chapter 18, and then I'll, then I'll expand on, on both of those verses. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So it's saying, you know, words are never benign. They're never static. Words do amazing things. And it makes sense because we've been created in God's image and God spoke into existence at the very beginning, in the very beginning, and said, let there be light. So God, his words are creative. And so it makes sense that we as children, that our words would have creative impact, would have power. And so, boy, we know this. If you, if you just take a moment to reflect, reflect upon it, that words are really the, the lifeline. It is, the, it is what is being communicated, that, all the other things that we've learned. I mean, you know, you're not just going to have time with someone, but you're going to talk, you're going to communicate, you're going to connect. And so these words, they're valuable. And so what we are doing with our words, we need to be reflective. We need to think about what we're doing with our words. So before I get into the rest of this, I think it's pretty understandable that negative words, unkind words, cutting words, you know, demeaning words, all of those negative kinds of communication are going to have impact. You know, and there's a study on this. We know that the power of language, that one negative word in the development of a person's psyche or the, the reflection of, of, of your relationship. I mean, think about it. The words that people, the unkind words have, that have been spoken over us are ones that we will remember a whole lot longer than maybe just affirmation or those kind words. Man, we can remember that. Maybe from a teacher, maybe from a friend, maybe in a situation where somebody just spoke something. It gets in there. And it can knock around in our head and it can influence how we see people, how we live our life, so on and so forth. So really what the Bible's saying, be careful with your words. You know, we should, it, it's almost like a weapon in your hands and what great damage it can do. But, you know, let's move on from that. Yes, it can do great damage, but let's move on to what it can do. Words also can build up. Words can bring life. Words can bring our relationships forward. It is going to be through communication that we're going to capitalize on the relationships that God has given us. And so how do we do that? Well, that's what we're going to do here today. So I'm going to share some things with you that, uh, that I think are really going to impact the relationships you have. So let's, let's jump in. You know, it says sticks and stones. Remember as a child, you'd say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Boy, is that totally wrong. You know, yeah, sticks and stones may break a bone, but that'll heal. But sometimes words, whoo, 
They can do some nasty stuff, don't they? So words we know have power. And we've learned, and what I've shared with you is that, folks, to get this ball started when it comes to communicating, we just have to do it. So why don't we do it? Before I get into the other things, why don't we do it? Let's just take a, a little reprise here, a little moment to distinct. Why don't we talk more than we do? Because we've been cautioned to not use words too much, but sometimes we don't use them enough. And when it comes to communication, that's what I'm really talking about. Well, it could be because of fear, being misunderstood, right? We all, we all are careful. We don't want to say anything because maybe our experience has been, I've said something, they made it misunderstood, and they judge me, and so on and so forth. So it could be fear. But a lot of times when it comes to our loved ones, a lot of times we can get into this situation where we've had misunderstanding and what happens to us is we get into this, this situation where we say, well, I, I don't want to talk because they might not, what, listen. They're not going to listen to me. And so we get kind of, you know, pushed into a corner. And a lot of times we kind of fall into our own pride. We won't continue that communicating, and that's only going to make it worse. So how can we get past that? And, you know, so how can we just say, no, you know, I'm not giving up on this relationship that God has given me. How do I build this into a relationship that is successful? See, we know that in experiences, perhaps we've, in order to move forward, there's a couple of different things that Jesus has given us when it comes to relationships that are so critically important. One's in Matthew chapter five and one's in Matthew chapter 18. And so we kind of got to get past this one thing first. So I'll introduce that. And that is unforgiveness. And when relationships are broken, what happens is it can shut the whole thing down. So Jesus has given us a solution. So let's just, take, let's just have a little fun here. Let's say everybody from this side of the room, you're Matthew 5 people, and over here you're Matthew 18 people. So over here, your encouragement is this. The Bible says in Matthew 5 that if you're offering your gift and there remember that you have ought against someone, that you know you're, you're upset, that somebody said something to you. You're, you're walking in a little bit of unforgiveness. There's an offense there. The Bible says, look, the moment you raise your hands and begin worshiping God, it says, look, you really shouldn't offer up that worship until you deal, deal with that. That if you're asking God to forgive you, to wash you, man, if you've got something in your heart, then you need to get that right. You need to go to them. And it says, go and show and do that. It says, you know, go and show them what they did. They say, hey, look, man, you hurt my feelings when you said that. So that's your, that, that's, that's what you guys are going to do. You're Matthew 5 people. Over here, you're Matthew 18. And while you're worshiping, you remember, mm, I think I hurt their feelings. I've noticed lately they're not really wanting to talk to me. I asked them to go out to lunch. They don't want to go out to lunch. And when I look at them, they look away. And you see this, 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 Brokenness. And then in Matthew 18 tells us, look, if you're worshiping and you remember that somebody's hurt and you have not made it right, it says then you're supposed to go and make it right with them. So if you notice what's going on here, if we all walked in the truths that Jesus gave us, where would we meet? Right here in the middle. Right here in the middle. Because our hearts are to say, look, I want to be right with God and with man. And over here to be right with God I have to know that, gosh, if I've got a fence in my heart, I need to release them. But I need to tell them. You know, the Bible says that it's to a man's glory to overlook an offense. And that's wonderful advice, by the way. Matter of fact, to me, that's, 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 that's Christianity 401. If you can live your life and, you can, and people can hurt you and people can say unkind things about you, people can judge you and you can say, you know what? Gosh, but for the grace of God, I'd be doing the same things. But for the grace of God, I mean, if you can live that place, that is an awesome place to live, to be able to just say, man, water off the duck's back. 
But most of us really can't. Sometimes it sticks, and especially from the people that we're closest to. So Matthew 5 says, gosh, we need to go tell them. And so that's kind of the, the communication breakdown that often comes is unforgiveness. Children don't feel like they can go to their parents because they don't feel they'll be heard, and maybe it's a deep, broken offense. Spouses can't really approach one another because I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've given up. And a lot of times, again, it's because we haven't done it really right. And so let's talk about that. How, we can be, how can we become better communicators in such a way as to win the people in our lives that we love? Okay, so let's look at that. So when it comes to relationships, it's really important that we make a study of the people that God has placed in our life. And, you know, when we're talking about building, a lot of us want to, you know, we want to think in terms of just taking some building materials and throw them out into the front yard, and it's just going to turn into a house, right? We just... If we, we, that's the way we kind of live our relationships. That's the way we kind of approach marriage. That's how we approach raising our kids. It's just like, let me just throw everything out there. And then, whoa, cool, out popped a house. But it doesn't work that way. We know that. What do you need? You need tools. You need wisdom. You need a plan. You need blueprints. You need it all in order to make that happen. How would relationships be any different? Especially the most important ones to us. We do have tools. We do have a plan. We do have a blueprint that will help us build these things. So the first thing to do then is to, we need to study who it is that God has placed into our life. We need to make a, a study of them. We need to know, okay, well, who are they? And why is it that we're not communicating really well? And often it comes down to some very simple things, very simple things. And the truth is, it, now, unless they can't talk at all, or they're just really a very you know, unkind person. They may have some character issues. And that, you know, that, but let's, let's just say, with all things being equal within that, we're not really dealing with that. That we're dealing with a person who wants to have a relationship with you. Okay, so then you need to study them. How did God make them? How do they communicate? And there is the key. And so I want to look at some things real quickly, you know, that I share in premarital counseling and I've shared with people and, and, and just use this stuff sprinkled over all the different counseling I've done over the years. And so let's just look at that. I'm an old school guy when it comes to personalities. Now, I know there's a lot of tests you can take out there, like 16 different type tests. You know, Chris, you know all about that as far as the stuff that you can do to really categorize and help people understand themselves and others. But I'm kind of an old school guy. And I like just the four basic personalities because for me, it, it's, you know, keeping it simple helps it to, 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 for me, and I hope for you, to help you just really get moving to be able to understand people the way God wants us to. So here they are, the four, four basic personality types. We've got choleric, sanguine, phlegmatic, and melancholy. And these personality types are very unique. And if you don't know that what that personality type of the person that you love and that you're trying to get to know, then the chances of there being miscommunication or misunderstanding are going to be way up there because you don't really know how they communicate. So let's take a look at that. So we got choleric. What is a choleric? It's a very intense personality, type A personality, very intense, entrepreneurial, kind of go out and change the world, very intense kind of a personality. One of the lowest uh, percentages of the population, because we'll find these people as CEOs, business owners, generals, whatever you might find, but just very intense personalities. And generally their communication is what? Direct. Speak what's on their mind, boom, hit you between, square between the eyes. And so I'll come back to how you would communicate with a person like that. And then we got the sanguine. Now, the sanguine, like, the way I like to describe a sanguine is a person who'll give you the shirt off their back if they could find it. In other words, incredibly loving, incredibly love hanging with people, but, you know, kind of disorganized. 
probably all know people like that. And yet, there's, they, can, they have the capacity to have some of the deepest relationships, and they love connecting with people. As a matter of fact, these two are the more outward personalities, and that would be the cleric and the sanguine. Very outward. Then let's talk about the inward type personalities, and that would be the phlegmatic. And that is the highest percentage of our population. And that's the kind of personality that's very steady, a very kind of just, you know, going, just taking steps in life, very careful, kind of dry humor kind of person. Not a lot of overt, over-the-top personality when it comes to that, you know. So they're not sanguine in any sense. They're not the first person you would invite to the party to, to get it going. Uh, the flag, again, is just a kind of a very steady personality. And the way they communicate, again, is, just, is, is very careful, very plotting, and, and thoughtful. But again, they're, they're kind of an inward personality, so they tend to not do it as much as they should. And then you've got the melancholy. Now, the melancholy is that high creative personality. Artists, musicians, poets, writers, very, very, the thing about you find about the melancholy is very deep feeling, sometimes given to a little bit too deep of feeling in the sense of given to depression. But they can also be kind of misunderstood as being a choleric because they're very intense, very perfectionistic, very focused on doing things exactly right, which makes them why they can be some of the best musicians and, and, and whatnot. And so their communication style is very deep feeling, and every word they give is going to be just full of life. It's just going to be like, man, I've prayed over this word. I'm now giving, getting ready to give you this word. I'm going to write it in a poem. I'm going to sing it, sing it in a song. It's going to come with great, you know, with great emotion. So you have these personality types. And so who are the pe- what, what are these people in your life? What, what's their personality? Because once you know what they are, then you know how they communicate, that they're going to be deep, that maybe you have to reach in there and get them a little bit. See, the outward personalities, the cholerics and the sanguine are going to be like, well, man, let's just speak your mind. Well, I don't want to right now. And so the, if you're a choleric and you're just like, look, you're not being direct enough with me. And so I don't respect that. Man, it kind of shuts it down, doesn't it? Whereas cleric needs to chill. Give the creative inward ones a little more opportunity. A lot of times they don't speak as often as they do because they understand the power of words. They understand their impact and what they can actually do. So anyway, so then you've got the, uh, the sanguine. The sanguine is going to be, is, is the kind of, everybody needs a sanguine in their life. I'm going to tell you that right now. And it's funny because I've always had them. They're always there. You know, Pastor Jamie? He's a sanguine, wonderful guy. I know you love Jamie. I love, he's home at sick, I think, with the flu today, so be praying for Pastor Jamie. But man, I tell you what, he, he's so loving. He, he releases his heart. You're going to know everything. Everything about Jamie is there. He just, that's the way sanguines are. It's just like nothing held back, you know? And so the communication style with a sanguine is going to be very right up there in front. Now, sometimes that makes people uncomfortable, doesn't it? It's like, hey, 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 hey. Oh, I just got to know you. Sanguine's like, I don't need to know. I mean, they're like the Labrador retriever. They just come running up and start licking your hand. And, I love you, you know. That's the way they are. Flags, you know, they're just like, they need time. It's like, look, you know, I need to observe you for about six months. You know, I need to just see you in operation. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at you, see what you do with it. Are you going to be faithful? Are you going to do this? You know, that's me. I'm a flag. And like I said, just very plotting, very going down the road, kind of just working it out, like everything careful and planned, don't like any chaos, don't like it out of control in any way, shape, or form, you know. So 
anyway, as far as the flags are concerned, they just need that time. They're going to communicate. And again, words are very important. Very, very important. And again, the melancholy is going to be the kind of person that also sees the value in them, but the, with them, but they're also going to have many. They're going to have a multitude of words. They're going to come up and say, hey, look, here's all my words. Pick whichever one fits for you. You know, that's the way that works. So when you get to know people and what their personality, it, nothing, none of them is bad. They all have strengths, they all have weaknesses. And it's how you join together with that personality will help you kind of determine how we're going to make this work, how we gonna, we're going we're to do life together. And so, you know, if you've got the very... And, and, and now, I'll tell you about um, flags, by the way. Flags really need cholerics in their lives. I've always been attracted to cholerics. Because I like that, that intensity. I love that purpose. Flags generally have this very, they need every once in a while some inspiration and a good gentle kick in the butt. And clerics can provide that. Clerics come in and say, what are you doing? You're wasting time. What's going on here? Why are you messing around? Let's get doing this thing. That's your cleric. And we all need them to keep us moving, you know, to evaluate what's going on. The ones you're laughing in here, I bet you the clerics are laughing in here. Yeah, that's what's going on. Or you know one. Yeah. So, folks, let's so think. What's that? Would you take any? Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Look, I do too. I can identify. My little wife, red-haired wife, pound for pound, she can take on any one of you. I'm telling you right now. Woo! So God knew that. I don't know if she's in here right now, so I'll just be careful from here on out. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk about communication styles. So we got personalities. Know what they're personal. Let's talk about styles. And this is really cool. Most people in relationships, when you begin to get into relationships, you're going to fall into one or two camps. And this is beyond personality. It's either you're going to be a feeler or a verbalizer. And it's, it's an amazing study on this, that how what people, one will generally gravitate to be more feeling, and one will gravitate to be more verbalizing. Well, it makes sense, right? You can't have two people that are talking all the time, shut up, you just can't do it. Or if you have two really deep feeling people, what do they do? Never talk. So we're generally going to fall into these categories, and it's really cool. You see it in marriages. You see it in relationships with your friends. And so what is that? Well, if it's just like what they sound. One is a verbalizer, a person who is more comfortable in talking, is going to share their heart, is going to be more aggressive in talking. Whereas a feeler is going to be a person who's very careful, tends not to want to talk, needs more time. How do you tell? The, the biggest way to tell what a uh, the verbal and feeling verbalizer is when conflict comes. When conflict, you will know who they are. Because the verbalizer says, hey, look, we ain't going to bed until we talk this out. Two o'clock in the morning, not satisfied. Let's keep talking. Feelers over there going, good God, please. <laughs> Can't we just wait till tomorrow? You know? And, but here's the problem. Verbalizer, the strength of the verbalizer is they, it, they're good for getting it out. The strength for the feeler is, you know, sometimes you just got to let it sit right? And we all know that sometimes it gets a little hot and you know, maybe you need to sit on it a little bit. Let's not say anything we don't what? Mean. So the feelers know that. And, and as a matter of fact, part of the reason why feelers don't speak as much in those intense moments is because they do know the power of words and they're getting ready to say, ch -ch, here's a word, baby. <laughs> and I'm going to give it to you. You want the truth? It ain't going to be in love. 
Yeah, see, that's, 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 that's where that can go. And so the feelers know that. And it's just like, look, I need time. I need time to cycle this through because I want to tell you what my heart is, so on and so forth. So you got the strengths and weaknesses there. And once you figure that out, then the choleric can give more time to the feeler and say, okay, look, the weakness of the feeler is, say, can we, can we address that later? And guess what? You never come back to it. The feelers can just say, I want to just forget about it forever. Right? And that's not good because then you'll never get back to the issue, right? The verbalizer is just going to make poke, talk, talk now. Can we keep doing this? You know? And so if, that's the weakness of the verbalizer is being pushy. The ver- verbalizers want to deal with it when, when, when you don't even know what you're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? We need time. And so that's what you got. And when you know that about the other person, whether it be in your marriage or about a child now, or friendships, you just like, you don't really want to talk about that right now, do you? You need time. Okay. It's all right. And so, like I said, you, you, you fall into these categories when it comes to our more intimate relationships. But knowing people and how they communicate in their style that way is so good. It's so good. It will really enhance your ability to communicate and to do it well and on the time. So then we talk about love languages, and you know about that. Um, is it Gary Chapman, his book, Love Languages of the same name, very powerful stuff. When he wrote this, man, I t- he, he really changed. That was a game changer when it came to relationships of knowing what the love languages are and what the, gosh, I didn't even mention these in the first service because I was just, just going so fast. But here, here's the key when it comes to these love languages. But first, let me read what they are. They're words, doing things, quality time, gifts, and physical touch. And that's how we, the five basic ways we communicate love to people. And so, but here's the problem. We often give what we expect. And so as a result, we miss the other person, don't we? If my love language is words, and that's how I get my love tank filled up, then I'm going to word the mess out of you. Hey, man, you're looking good today. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You, I mean, you're this, and you're that, and you're this. But if, if their love language is quality time, soon. I appreciate all the words. I mean, I love the fact that you give me all those words, but I just need us to sit down stare into each other's eyes and say, you know, it's all going to be good. Or, you know, I appreciate you sending me the emails and sending me the notes, but can we go get coffee? I just want to be with you. You know, I mean, sometimes even with guys, it's just like, look, I just want to be out in the field and let's go shoot stuff. You know, no talking. All right, no deep stuff. Let's just do something together. See, this quality time. And that's how we get our love tanks filled up. So again, you look at that, you know, gifts, and, and a lot of times we are a combination of two, maybe even three of these. So again, good intentions do not always translate to hitting the target of really communicating what you're trying to get across. So again, what, what I'm sharing these for is to, to tell you this. You need to make a study of the people that God has placed in your life. And you say, gosh, David, are you giving me homework? Well, kind of yes. But if you really want to build the relationships, successful relationships. See, we're not talking about acquaintances here. All right? An acquaintance is going to be a pe- person you meet for the first time. You don't have to take, you know, sit there and say, oh, wow, they're a sanguine and you know, I seem to be a verbalizer. And, you know, you don't have to do that. But the people that are closest to you in your life, you should. Because if you want to be able to connect with them in a deep level and you want to build on that relationship where you're communicating, and I'm really talking communicating, sharing your heart, feeling that you're heard, and then you drive on from that. These are so critical. And it's where I think in, in relationships we most often fail because we don't take the time to do it. Now, 
Can we talk about men and women just for a moment here? I know this is just kind of a weird topic in our society right now, but men and women generally communicate in, in unique styles too. And so a lot of times what we can happen is guys are well-known, and I see memes all over Facebook about guys, and we get picked on all the time about not listening, you know? And, and, and so, ladies, obviously you're drawn to this. It goes right back to Genesis chapter 3, by the way. And uh, ladies, you might get frustrated with that. And so instead of going to the Lord, say, Lord, please open my husband's ears. You know, please give me. And, and being wise, and I'm not just talking about women here, but just anybody. If you feel like somebody's not hearing you, then you need to start with you. You need to start with your own heart. And that is, if you really want to win somebody, then what is their goal? Do you know what their goals are? Do you, are you coming with the right heart, the right attitude? Are you coming at the right time? In other words, you just get home, they've been frustrated, the boss has been on their back all day, and then you walk up and boom, hit them with something. Let me just tell you right now, they're not listening. They ain't gonna hear it. It just all shuts down. So knowing our loved ones by finding the right time, having the right attitude, especially with people that you feel like your relationship is struggling, and you say, oh, they're not listening to me. Well, have you taken the effort to know and to communicate love right off the bat. And you know what, folks? That's, that's what Jesus said. Love others as yourself. Wow. There it is. When we approach anybody, if we look at them with respect, with love, with the, the kind of focus on their value system, in other words, I'm not coming up to blame them or to accuse them or to push to prod them, but to say, look, I'm trying to win you. I want to be your friend, and, I, and, and perhaps you've got to speak something that's uncomfortable, a truth, a, you know, uh, an exhortation, whatever it might be, or to remind them of something they failed to do, right? We all are in that, whether it be with our children or perhaps a friend that promised you something, and you're like, how do I approach them? How do I talk to them? Well, you start with, first of all, your love for them, your respect for them. And also keeping yourself humble to say, you know what? I've done this too. It's like driving in traffic. People lean on the horn. It's like, what? You did that 10 times yesterday. What is it today? Why is it all different now? See, that's humbling ourselves. That's seeing ourselves in the light of what we are, who we are, and what we walk in every single day. So we put way too high expectations on people. We push them. We prod them. We expect them to be perfect, but do not live to that standard ourselves. And so we need to start with humility. And we need to say, okay, I love that person, so I'm not going to start off with you always this, you never that, right? The superlatives, don't do that, okay? So right time, right attitude, and the right goal. See, a lot of times we can help somebody move forward in a relationship, whether it be with your children or your marriage or in friendships that you want to see go differently. Then, okay, what do they want? Have you thought about what they want? And how can you meet that goal and still gain in the relationship? How can you do that? Well, we need a third person in that, don't we? We need God himself. Because God, only God can change your heart. And for the Christian, we've got one who can do it. We absolutely do. We have the Holy Spirit that lives inside us, lives in that. And we can pray and ask God. A lot of times we shut down relationships because we start with all the wrong things. We start with all the wrong things. We start with accusation. We start with blame. We try to guilt, guilt people. We try to do all that. It's no wonder people just say, I don't like you, don't like hanging around with you, because that's all you want to talk about. If your goal is to love me, 
if your goal is to help me. See, a lot of times people are very aware of their weaknesses. They just don't need to be poked in the eye with it all the time. See? So let's finish with the steps and how we can be heard. I'll go through these quickly. First of all, to be heard, to develop a communication, to improve the communication in the relationships in your life. Let's share, number one, share your heart with love, speaking the truth with love. Don't say anything until you get into that corner, until you get that straight. Do not set up the appointment. Do not get the lunch. Don't do any of that until you have in your heart a God kind of love for them. No strings, agape, right? No strings attached. I'm going to love you the best I can. And how to, in, 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 whatever you've got going on in your life, whatever you've broken, whatever you've done, whatever your shortcoming is, is not too difficult for God. Amen. And if I believe that about myself, I most certainly have to believe it for you. Amen? All right. Do not begin with blame or the problem as you see it. If you accuse, nothing else you say will be heard. So very true. Always assume you're not clearly understanding the other's actions or words. Never panic and switch to superlatives, as I've said. You never this, you always that. We assume we understand. But if we haven't even talked really enough to kind of work it out. See, a lot of times we, we, we kind of live in this world where we think people are mind readers. You figure that out? Man, you should have seen that I was upset. Really? You looked happy to me. Are you kidding? And so we assume that people just like, no, we've got the T.O.'d look on our face right now. I'm mad at you. And we're just like, mad at you, mad at you. Try to just do it by osmosis. <laughs> ain't going to work. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're busy, you've got a lot of stuff going on in your life. You know, you need to sit down with them and just say, hey, look, kind of hurting. And, and, you know, and look, I know that wasn't your heart and to, to do what you did. I know that wasn't it. Now, if it was their heart... Well, that'll be exposed if you tell them from the beginning that you, it's not what you saw. And that'll quickly come to the light when it comes to any relationship. So be careful next to share too much information. Knowledge is power, and in the hands of the wrong person can be dis devastating. So when it comes to any kind of relationships, now let's talk about that for a minute. If you've got a relationship, if, you've got a mar if you're married and have children, that's game on. Every bit of your life, every detail of your life can be exchanged, except with children, about you know, your past and whatnot. But I mean, for them to you, there should be no secrets. None. That's the way we live in our home. We train our children. We love our children and say, look, we are God's provision for you. Don't live in the shadows. Whatever you got, bring it. Because we love you. We're for you. We're going to stand with you. That's the way we, we teach. And then in the husbands and wives, we'd have, we should have that too. But when it comes to relationships of friendships, be really careful. You know, just understand what it is the obligation of every relationship. A, a, a stranger or a person you meet for the first time, they don't need to hear your life story. They don't need to hear about all your weaknesses. You don't need to dump out all of your, your stuff into a person's life because you don't know what that person's going to do with that. And I'll tell you what, Facebook, whoo, man. Facebook needs to have an automatic thing on it to say, too much information, shut down. It blocks you, you know? It just blocks you because it knows. It's like, wait, what are you doing? You're talking to the whole world about a personal problem. You know, we don't need to do that. We need to be careful. Much communication is about listening. And folks, we'll finish with that. If you want to be a better communicator, you need to be a better listener. Because and how we respond to people is based on what we know about them. So if we study them and we listen and just say, look, just 
honey, just share with that me. Share me, share your heart with me. And if you can tell whether it be like a, a flag or a melancholy that is having a difficult time sharing it, dig in even a little deeper to say, look, share it. You know, find the right moment, find the right time. Because there'll always be that moment in a person's life when they're ready to share. Perhaps the Holy Spirit has kind of brought it to the surface and they're ready to share their, their heart, their hurt. And if anybody ever does share a hurt with you, then know that in the Bible, in Matthew 18, our group over here, that if we know they're hurt, then we need to fix it. We need to say, look, I apologize. Forgive me. Would you forgive them? Make them say it. That's important too, by the way. When you say, look, I, I'm sorry I did this to you. I, I hurt your feelings. I ignored you. Uh, you know, I made a promise that I didn't keep. Or you know, I borrowed money from you and I never paid you back. You know, forgive me. And make it right. And that's that, that, that other part of restitution, but that's a whole other series. So, look, when it comes to relationships, folks, communication is so critical. It really is. When I do premarital counseling, we have what is called the blueprint. And it's the floor. You do not move around in the house that God has given you unless you're able to talk. And we can do it by the grace of God. If we use some of these tools, we will see them improve. Amen? Well, look, I hope this series has been good for you. you can, as I said, we've only done really just a, a brief over the top. If you'd like to, to read the book and use that, you can find it on Amazon. They, they carry it there. It's called Building Successful Relationships. Excellent stuff. So much more that we didn't get a chance. Now, I'm excited about the other series we've got coming up. Great times ahead for us, folks. So would you join me in standing this morning and Let's, let's pray and ask God to help us with this particular area. Thanks for joining our live stream today. Make sure to like our Facebook page. And if you want more information about us, make sure to visit us at our website, valleychurch.us, or go and download our Valley Church app called Valley Church Weldon. If you feel led to give today, you can give on our website and on our app.